0: This morning, we're going to actually skip over verses 46 through 50 of Matthew 12. But don't worry, we'll come back to those verses the Sunday after Christmas when we take an extended look at the Holy Family. This morning, we want to jump right in to chapter 13. And we want to move into a study of the parables that Jesus taught to prepare the disciples for the ups and downs of ministry. And since we're going to ordain Mark into the ministry this evening, this is timely indeed. You know, those going into ministry often have unrealistically high expectations of success. They're on fire for the Lord and assume they've been called to simply fan the flame. Sadly, they often find that the fire they feel in their belly is not shared by everyone. And uh, the flame that they thought they were going to fan starts flickering. Well, we don't have to worry about that with Mark. He's been an elder in our church for 20 years. And he's not going into ministry with rose-colored glasses. I'm very thankful for that. But still, it's good for all of us to have a reality check when thinking about our expectations for the church and the effectiveness of our individual ministries. The disciples had reached a point in their training for leadership in the kingdom where they needed just such a check. They needed a realistic picture of the successes and failures that they would experience in ministry. Now, at the moment, Jesus was riding the crest of popularity. And in spite of the Pharisees' unbelief, multitudes were were flocking to hear him. The disciples, too, had tasted success. Jesus had warned them about the difficulties they would face, but they returned from their short-term mission on which Jesus sent them just brimming with confidence of what they were able to do. But Jesus knew things were going to change. The opposition was building. The crowds would soon turn. And Jesus knew A cross lay before him. He had to get the disciples ready for disappointment, for what some would even view as failure if they were going to succeed building the kingdom of God. And he began doing so with a series of parables that reveal some very important facts about the kingdom. And the first of these kingdom parables, the one we want to focus on today, is the parable of the sower. We begin with a simple look at the parable itself. We're in Matthew chapter 13. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea and great multitudes gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down and the whole multitude was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. And others fell upon the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, They withered away and others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. He who has ears. Let him hear. That's the parable. That's the parable. The multitudes had gathered to hear Jesus teach and As they crowded closer and closer, they forced him to the water's edge. In order to be seen and heard by all, he got into a boat and floated out a few yards and began teaching in parables. Now, he had used similes and metaphors in his teaching before. He had used salt and light and birds and flowers and wineskins and children in the marketplace to make a point. He knew the value of illustrating spiritual truths with earthly pictures. But this was the first time he used full-blown parables without comment to teach the people. They were standing on the beach, waiting for profound words of spiritual import. And Jesus said, Behold, the sower Went out to sow, probably pointing in the direction of a sower actually doing such on the hillside. He then pointed out that some of the seed he was sowing would fall on packed down dirt in the pathway and be eaten by birds. Some would fall on shallow soil covering a, a bed of rock that would allow the plants to or keep them from adequately taking root. They would grow quickly. Because the soil would be warm, but would just as quickly die because the roots couldn't go deep. Some would fall among the weeds and thorns and would be choked out before reaching maturity. And some would fall on good ground and yield a good crop, some even an exceptional crop. Then he said, he who has ears not him here. That was it. That was it. Until the next parable. No comment. No explanation. No application. That's all the multitudes were told. Even the disciples were confused. And as soon as they got him alone, they sought an explanation. So Jesus shared with them the reason for speaking in parables, verses 10 through 17. (coughs) And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables. Because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says you will keep on hearing, But will not understand and you will keep on seeing but will not perceive for the heart of this people has become dull and with their ears they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return that I should heal them but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The first thing we need to acknowledge here is that Jesus didn't speak in parables to conceal the truth, but to reveal it. Not everyone, however, is ready to hear the truth. Not everyone wants to know the truth. And those who haven't entered into the kingdom are obviously not ready to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So in teaching on the nature of the kingdom, Jesus chose to teach in parables. That way, those who had a basic understanding of the kingdom of God, who understood something of the spiritual nature of the kingdom, would be able to learn more. And those who didn't have a clue would be left clueless. Now, it's not God's desire for some to be left in the dark. He doesn't arbitrarily choose to enlighten some and to keep others in the dark. Some just don't want to see the light, and he's not going to force the light on anyone. Isaiah had made it clear that some people would close their eyes to the truth and become dull of hearing because they didn't want to repent. They didn't want to change. By teaching in parables, Jesus gave to all the opportunity to know the truth, but he forced it on no one. Those who didn't want to know, they could blow it off and say, I just don't get it. Those who wanted to know were challenged to think and were given enough information to allow them to discover the truth only after internalizing it and making it their own. You know, Jesus wasn't content to spit out facts that his disciples would spit back at him. He wanted them to go much deeper in their understanding of spiritual truths than the mere memorization of data. He wanted them to wrestle with concepts and principles. He wanted them to think things through and for the lights to come on one by one as the Holy Spirit prepared them to receive the truth. And one of the most effective ways to cause that to happen is, is to teach through parables. Parables allow you to be guided into the truth while still feeling you discovered it. And that is so important. When we study together, it's better for you to sit there and go, ah, I figured that out. Than for someone to just keep going over and over and over again and say, now did you get it? Let me explain it again. Lay the truth out. Make them think. And when the lights come on, they go, that's mine. I got it. And they'll stay with it. That's what parables do. It's very, very effective. That's what Jesus did. He wanted his hearers who had ears to hear to be able to discover truth that would change their life. He didn't spoon feed the disciples. He gave them something they could sink their teeth into and really chew on. He wanted them to think. He wanted to challenge them. But even the disciples needed some help digesting the truth he was serving. So he went ahead and explained some of the parables to them privately. And I'm glad he did. Because we learn principles from his explanations that help us interpret those that he didn't explain verses 18 through 23 here then the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart this is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road And the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown is the good soil. This is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Now Jesus called it the parable of the sower, but it has more to do with the soils than the sower. You know, the sower in the parable isn't identified. Apparently, it can be anyone who sows the word of the kingdom, anyone who preaches or teaches or shares God's word with anyone else. And the seed is the word. The main point of the parable, and parables generally have one primary point, they aren't detailed allegories where everything in the story means something. They aren't written essays to analyze point by point. They are spoken stories with one primary message to convey. They are, as most of us were taught in Sunday school, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Well, the main point of this parable is that not everyone is going to respond to the gospel message the same way. Some aren't going to respond at all. They're like the hard-packed soil of the pathway. The word just sits there until the evil one comes and snatches it away. They have hard Hearts, And nothing, we say, will sink in. Others will be like the thin soil covering rocky ground. The seed quickly germinates because the soil is loose and warm, but there's no place for their roots to go. So when things get tough, when disappointment or affliction or persecution arises... They disappear. Some people respond to the gospel like that. They get really excited about the good news and they show great promise. They become very active in the church. But all of a sudden, they're gone. Because they didn't let the gospel message go deep enough to sustain them. They were shallow disciples. And their falling away was no one's fault but their own. Others will be like soil that's infested with weeds and thorns. Now, that may not be apparent at the moment of sowing, but the wild and unwanted roots and seeds are hiding in the overturned soil. And they soon overtake the good seed that's trying to grow to maturity. And fruitfulness. Some hearers of the word will certainly fall into this category. They will respond to the message, but they'll fail to rid their lives of the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. They won't really die to self. They'll just try to improve the self. And it won't work. Not for long. Others, however, will be like the good soil. They will understand the gospel. They will allow the message to go deep into their soul. And they will root out the sins and habits and worldly desires that compete with Christian priorities. And they will become productive members of the kingdom of God. Some, because of gifts and abilities and special opportunities, will be more productive than others. But all who are good soil will be productive and will bear fruit for the kingdom and fruit in their lives. That's the teaching of the parable of the sower. And if we understand it, we'll enter into ministry with realistic expectations. We'll not expect everyone to be receptive to the message we share. We'll not expect to win all of our unbelieving friends to Christ. Nor will we expect to hang on to everyone who joins us in worship. Or who gets involved with us for a season. Now, we'll do everything we can to make everyone feel welcome at Chatham Christian Church. And we'll teach the Word of God as clearly as possible. We'll seek not only to win people to Christ, but to disciple them and to incorporate them into the life of the church. But we won't be devastated and wonder what we did wrong when someone falls away from our fellowship. We'll expect some to be like the rocky or thorny soil that Jesus taught us about. We won't like it, but we'll expect it. And that will enable us to just keep on sowing Telling the story of Jesus. Now, the ministry is filled with ups and downs. Let's enjoy the ups and trust God to get us through the downs whenever they might come. And while all of us want to do the very best we can in ministry and we take our responsibilities very seriously, Ultimately, the success of a ministry is not on the shoulders of the minister or the congregation. It's in God's hands and on the shoulders of those who hear the word and what they do with it. Our primary job is to simply keep telling the story of Jesus. And those who have ears to hear will hear it. Amen.